Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chapter 19. I pointed the car toward Riverton. I don't really know why, except we had been talking about the place for most of the day, and it occurred to me I hadn't been there for years. Nobody went to Riverton. It wasn't exactly a slum. Most of the places in the city that qualified for that name were pretty strongly weighted with one ethnic population or another. There were poor places, to be sure, and outsiders were often afraid of them. But they could also be vibrant and full of life. I grant you, that was taking sort of a National Geographic approach, and I'm sure that people in places like Meadowview and Topside might take odds with the idea. But there were people there. Riverton was just kind of empty. I had no trouble finding a place to park, that much was certain. When we stepped out onto the streets, mine was the only car in sight. Cozy, I said. I don't remember it being like this, Trixie said, but it's been a while. Yeah, I said. So what are we doing here, she asked. I don't know, I said, looking around at all of the nothing. Oh good, she said, at least there's a plan. You got your notes with you, I asked. Sure, she said warily. Bring them on, I said, let's walk the route. What's the point, she asked. No idea, I said with a shrug, let's find out. She looked at me like she was wishing me a large, fatal bowel obstruction, but she took her notepad out of her handbag and flipped it open. The long branch will run along the river to Basin, she said, and then come up through McGee and Jefferson. I frowned and looked at her. Those streets ran parallel. Which is it, I asked, McGee or Jefferson? Both, she said, the block between them, all the way up to Austin Road. I whistled. She nodded. This is a massive thing, Jack, she said, a ton of people in and out every morning, every night. I nodded. I can see why they're looking at Riverton, I said. Imagine how much it would cost to tear up St. Ives or Lincoln to take this right downtown. Trixie frowned. But taking them right downtown is the point, she said. Nobody works in Riverton. Maybe now they will, I said, walking towards McGee Street. Come on. You really think so, she asked me. And I could tell that she didn't care what I thought. She wanted to tell me what she did. I gave her a look that said both that I knew what she was after and was a grudging invitation to continue. Amazingly, she seemed to get both messages at once, which was a pretty tall order for somebody I had known for two days. If you ask me, she said, this whole expressway business is nuts. I snorted by way of a reply. No, I mean it, she said. I get why a guy who lives in the suburbs wants one, sure. His job is in the city and his life is somewhere else. And I get why the feds want to throw money at it, because the folks with all the money are the ones moving out of the city. Not the big money, I said. No, maybe not the big money, she said. But those guys have always had houses in three places. I nodded, granted. But why is City Hall buying into this, she asked. You really think that if you tear down half of Riverton and fill it with cars that anybody's going to get out of their cars when they're here? Right before they get onto the magic carpet back to the sticks, they're going to stop and do a little shopping? I shrugged. Could happen, I said. But it won't, she said. Nope, I agreed. So all you've really done is made things easier for the guys that don't live here, she said. And maybe because it's so easy to get in and out, maybe more people leave. And maybe the only people left are the ones too poor to get out. Well, I said, shoving my hands into my coat pockets, we shall live as kings among lesser men. I'm serious, she said. Let me get this straight, I said. There's what, hundreds of millions of dollars being spent all over the country on these things? In just about every city you can name. And everybody says it'll bring prosperity for generations to come. But you know better. That's right, she said without irony. We like ourselves, don't we, I asked. She shrugged. Gotta like somebody, she said. And the only other person around here is you, so obviously that isn't an option. Obviously, I said, and stopped dead. What's wrong, she asked. You said it's the block between McGee and Jefferson, I asked. So? 
So look at it, I said. She did, and whistled in a low tone. I nodded without looking at her, and we walked like two gunslingers into an Old West ghost town. There was nothing. I didn't think Riverton could get more deserted, but here it was. Almost every building was shuttered or boarded up. Those few that weren't had fallen into serious disrepair, and only a handful of lights were on in the windows above in spite of the deepening shadows. We walked in silence over to Jefferson. It was all the same. Which way, she asked, down or up? I looked down, Basin Street. There hadn't been much there 15 years ago, when this was still a real neighborhood. Up, I said, and we walked. We saw no one on the sidewalks. A few cars went by, but they moved quickly, as though they had no intention of stopping until they were far from here. When did the city start buying up these buildings again? I asked. She shook her head and looked at her notes. It hasn't, she said. The final vote on the new route isn't for three weeks. Then the appropriations committee is formed. Wow, I said, this block has had some bad luck. For a while, by the look of it, Trixie said. Some of these places look like they've been shut for years. Okay, but why, I asked. I know it's a lousy neighborhood, I get it. But why are there shops and apartments and... Things, she offered helpfully. Sure, I said, things. There are things a block to the east and things a block to the west. And in the middle, there is a big pile of nothing. Yes, she said. And it is through this big pile of nothing that they wish to put an expressway costing millions of dollars. Yes, she agreed. That seems convenient, I said. It does, doesn't it? She nodded. Mayfield said the Riverton route was always part of the plan, didn't he? I asked. He said it was in the earliest feasibility reports, she said, but it was a backup plan. How old are those reports? I don't think I have that, she said, flipping through her notebook. Before the war, anyway. The whole thing got put on hold for a while there. Yeah, I said, a lot of things did. She looked around. The girl detective did not rattle easily, but I could tell this place was giving her the creeps. Me too. So what are you thinking, she asked. You think somebody bought up Riverton just in case they decided to run an expressway through it? Maybe, I said. And then let it all go to hell because they were just waiting to sell it to the government? Her tone seemed increasingly dubious. Maybe, I said. That'd be a hell of a risk, she said. They only started talking about changing the route a few months ago. Yeah, I said. And those expropriations, she said, getting frustrated with my terse replies, they aren't going to be like winning the lottery. I mean, these landlords will do all right, better than the state of the place deserves, but it won't be that much of a high percentage payout if you bought the place just to sell it like that. It's true, I agreed. So who would pull a stunt like that, she asked. I don't know, I said. Maybe somebody who has loads of untraceable liquid cash and a long-term goal of legitimizing the family business? Rossetti, she hissed. He sells all of this to the government and he cleans every dollar he put into it, I said. At a stroke, he's legit. Stella mentioned that he's been buying up buildings for years, Trixie nodded. I made an expansive shrug with my hands wide apart. Means he's been working on this for a long time, she said. And perhaps explains why the stunning Janet Timms wound up with the much less stunning Roger Mayfield, I said. Holy cats, she said. Yeah. We are so very dead, she said. Yeah. Trixie looked around. Well, she said, the ownership of these buildings is a matter of public record. He's probably got them owned by dummy companies, but I bet we can tie them to him if we get the time. I shook my head. He'd never leave us walking around that long if we started digging. Right now, he might wait to see what we do. I don't exactly have a squeaky clean reputation, and that's by design. Mayfield fired me, and you're off the case. Rossetti might wait to see what we do. Would you? she asked. I shrugged. It isn't exactly illegal to buy up buildings, I said, or to profit from government contracts. The news that Rossetti owns this neighborhood might queer the vote, and it might not. 
He's greased a lot of palms downtown, and I'm not sure the electorate would really give a damn. And we don't have much more than a handful of mumbles about anything else, Trixie said. So what do we do? You don't want to find out for sure who owns these buildings? I spotted a small, squat building head with a neon sign lit up in the window. Sure I do, I said. But let's try and do it another way. This is Thursday Thrillers, audio with action on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow on Mutual with Friday Follies, the end of the week collection of comedy cut-ups. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or find the Friday Follies feed in your favorite podcast players. Now that's a lot of F's. The Mutual Audio Drama Network where we listen and imagine together.